Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. And one run away from leading Grambling 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. Top half of the sixth inning, Arkansas leading Grambling 20 to nothing. Good afternoon, Mr. Trey Biddy. Hey, guys. Is there is there a big benefit to a game like this? <laughs> After playing, I guess, two, three tough opponents and then coming back and and beating Grambling 20 to nothing at the top of the sixth. I think this is what is known as padding the average. Yeah. Well, oh, after get, not get hitting right much. Game. Yeah, they didn't hit much in Arlington, so it, at least they get the offense going today. Yeah. Against, obviously, a, an opponent that doesn't compare to what they've been playing. And you hope that it carries over. Murray right. State, isn't that right, comes in this yes, weekend? that's yeah. right. Murray Friday, State. Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Comes in this weekend. So, um Trey, I'll, I'll give this one to both you and to Marcus. Marcus kind of t- touched on this a moment ago. By the way, I need to introduce Marcus Elliott to you, Trey. <laughs> Trey Marcus. Biddy. Hello, this is Marcus nice Elliott. Very nice to meet you, Trey. <laughs> I understand I you do things. I, I was going to say, I understand you do really good work around here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're too kind. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this during the break. Uh it is now 45 years and counting that Mark oh, and wow. I have this been amazing? friends. 34 years drive time. Randy, man, what what a – I mean, how many people in this business can, can say they've done it? 34 Not years? Not that long. Not many. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere. I would have, I would have been 12. <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw that in, right, Trey? <laughs> okay, Trey. Um, now, Trey, you've been with us, what, nearly 15, 17 years? I feel like I started coming on because I was doing just recruiting like one day a week. And I, f- I think I started coming on every day in 2000 and, mm, 2006, 2005, 2006, I would say. So, um, yeah, about 18 years probably. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Time flies. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. And he's been every day since then. So yep. that's longevity into itself. Um, this from our Southern Structural Solutions buzz text line, Mark kind of touched on it a few moments ago, and I'll, I'll kind of let uh, Trey, if you want to elaborate. Uh, oh, Emmy is back today. My favorite Marcus Elliott. Can we – Tell Rick how he can explain to us how the defense of an offensive line will be better next season. Mark usually talks about, uh, don't talk to me about how good the defensive line can be. Now you get to talk about how good is the offensive line, how much better is it going to be. So, Trey, in your opinion, along with you and Mark, you can you can collaborate, and Rick, since that really was kind of somewhat focused towards you, no, because I usually said the defense is going to be better, and Marcus says why. And so that's that's I think that's what they're referring to. So you take it away with the offensive line, you two guys. I'm listening well, to Trey. I defer um, defense, to Trey. 
on defense, first of all, I will say that if they can be the defense that they were the first three quarters of the season, then that's fine. And if the offense can pick it up and, you know, maybe be a little bit closer to what they were in 2022, then then maybe they would have something. But I don't know that any of it really matters as far as, like, skill guys and all that stuff without uh, without the offensive line. And, you know, you've brought in Keyshawn Blackstock, uh, Fernando Carmona from San Jose State, Blackstock from Michigan State, Addison Nichols from Tennessee. And they're bringing in Branson Hickman on March 8th. Uh, Randy, I don't know if we talked about that yet, but uh, Hickman – the all-AAC offensive lineman from SMU has 33 career starts coming in. He's a guy that's really coveted. So he would probably end up being the center if they're able to get him. I still think that they need one more offensive lineman. And, you know, everybody that's back is a year older, so that should be a benefit too. But, uh, I mean, we talked about this yesterday when you weren't on, Randy. K.J. Jefferson is a pretty mobile quarterback. He shucked a lot of tacklers last year. Even with all the, t- the tacklers he shucked, he was still sacked 45 times. Uh, wow. That's a wow. lot <laughs> for a dual-threat quarterback like him, uh, still sacked 45 times. And I was thinking back to, you know, Tyler Wilson when in 2011. Remember how we always talked about how tough Tyler Wilson was? Well, the reason we felt like he was tough is because he was taking all those hits. You know, if he wasn't taking a bunch of hits, then, we, you know, we wouldn't know that. But uh, he was only sacked 28 times, which is probably a middle-of-the-pack type of number uh, in the SEC, 28 sacks. He was also, you know, he took a good number of hits after he threw the ball, too. He had a, a pretty good knack for hanging in there in the pocket. Uh, but, you know, that offensive line was probably – that wasn't a great offensive line. I mean, they had Alvin Bailey, who was, I think, just a sophomore. Travis Swanson was just a freshman who started on that offensive line. Uh, but that wasn't just a – I mean – it was a, it was an all right offensive line as far as like ten win teams go. I, I would be surprised if there was an offensive line out there that at Arkansas on a ten win team that was um, that was as, as bad as that one was. Um, True, quick but question. again, you know they they okay. still won eleven games that year. The offensive line before that in two thousand and ten under Petrino, and I'm obviously going back to Petrino years, but you're talking about Alvin Bailey. Uh, Demarcus Love, Ray Dominguez, Wade Grayson, Seth Oxner. And that wasn't a, a bunch of star power, was it? You know, Dominguez was drafted in the sixth round. Alvin Bailey went undrafted two years after that, maybe three years after that, two, two or three years. Two years, I think he left as a junior. Uh, but he went undrafted. He ended up playing four years in the NFL. You know, Wade Grayson was a really scrappy offensive lineman. Seth Oxner ended up uh, graduating early and leaving the team. Um, Travis Swanson and him battled out the next year, uh, uh, the next spring. But that wasn't like an offensive line that was just like, whoa, these guys, you know, these are, you know, just great offensive linemen. But they were good enough, you know, under under Petrino's offense. So my question is, can this offensive line be good enough? to protect the quarterback to because you know every wide receiver comes back who played a snap last year you know all the best tight ends are back from last year and a year older and you know they got Jaquindon Jackson in who I think is going to be a quality running back Isaiah Augusta um, and you know some other key backs so I think they've got the skill spots but the big question is just is this offensive line going to be you know Alvin Bailey, Demarcus Love, Ray Dominguez, Wade Grayson, Seth Oxner. So, quick question, Trey: Do are the influx of the new guys? Are they? Would you say they're scheme specific offensive linemen? In other words, do they fit uh, what what Petrino wants to do? 
that's a good question. I haven't seen them practice yet live, so mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's probably a, a deal of just going out and getting the best offensive lineman you, you can find. get. Okay. You know, Carmona, I think, is probably the gem of the group. He comes from San Jose State. He was a guy that was didn't play a lot of football in high school, came to San Jose State as a tight end, and just naturally grew. And, you know, has been a three-year starter for them. Blackstock's a little bit more unknown because he came from junior college and was just at Michigan State for a little while before he entered the portal. Addison Nichols is a guy that Pittman offered, I believe, as a sophomore in high school back when uh, Pittman was at Georgia. Um offered him out of camp. So uh, they're guys that they really like, but, um, you know, as far as, you know, do, do they fit the scheme specifically and all that stuff, I'm, I'm just not sure. You know, quick question, and I'm an offensive lineman, so this is going to sound to me a little weird. But but I think a big part of if you're not the most talented in the conference, the big part of having a chance to be a good offensive lineman is just toughness. So, so yeah. what do you what do you mean? So I think one of the, the areas I've talked about is the coaching aspect of it as far as technique and all that stuff. But then, I hate to say it, guys, but sometimes as a coach, you just got to treat your offensive linemen like dogs mm-hmm. sometimes. You got to mm-hmm. be nasty to them. And you have to develop just a nasty – those linemen just to develop a tough, nasty attitude to where they're just going to bite and fight and scratch – yeah, Especially if you're you not the like offensive linemen, don't treat them like dogs. Let's be nicer to dogs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Scratch you like cats. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're well, right. you know, dog who, lovers, we don't do that. <laughs> you, who popped in my head like um, when you said that, Marcus, was mm-hmm. Wade Grayson. You know, Grayson wasn't uh, – he was a guy that, mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe made a couple of practice squads, you mm-hmm. know, never, never yeah. saw a down in the NFL. But he was scrappy. Yes. You know, he played as a redshirt freshman. Him and Demarcus Love got in a fight in practice yep. pretty much every week. Exactly. But he was the kind of guy that would just take an extra shot, you know. Yeah, or, just you know, nasty, yeah. Give you the business when the pile, you know, when mm-hmm. everybody's piled up. He was just kind of a scrappy, you know, I don't want to say dirty, but, you know, he'd take that's every okay. edge he could get. There you go. You know? yeah. But, um, you know, that's been back in t- 2010 when he played. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I you can, say, you you can win with that. guys like that. Absolutely, I mean, you can you don't have to have – I mean, and DeMarcus Love was a pretty good – I think he might have been an all-SEC player, but he was a six-round draft pick, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on that offensive line. So it wasn't, again, like it was – you know, it wasn't anything like the Pittman offensive line when, you are you know, you had um, Mitch Smothers and mm-hmm. um, Frank Ragnow and yeah. Sebastian Tritola and uh, Jace uh, – excuse me um, – um, Dan Skipper and uh, Denver Kirkland. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was – that was a pretty that was a pretty talented bunch, yeah. um, and you know, but but Petrino's offense. I mean, they can they can win with just good enough on an offensive line. They can win with guys that are, you know, disciplined and play together, and you know, and are scrappy. Mm-hmm. So, can they get there? Is the question. Yeah. All right, Troy. This is. Um... Again, from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz Texan. I don't know if this is, again, just rumors out there floating, but uh, this from the 501, Arkansas needs to contact J.J. Metters ASAP if Jimmy Smith leaves for Georgia. Is Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smith about Smith to leave? leaving for Georgia. They've already filled that position. Okay. That makes me feel better. They hired Georgia Tech's 
wide receiver coach who was a former uh, Georgia high school coach also. So Good, because I like him. Uh, this is from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. Trey, is it true Landon Jackson's brother committed to Texas? Does Arkansas have a chance to sign the four-star? Well, probably long shot now, but yes, he committed to Texas. Yeah. There's some people on my message board that when they write Texas, they write spit. <laughs> After Texas, Texas spit. Wow, that's a surprise. Some people, some people won't spell Texas at all. They just uh, they spell it backwards. That's an insult to spit. Sacks it. <laughs> well, according to this particular post, back again on the Southern Structural Solutions uh, buzz text line, Georgia is looking for a running back coach, according to this. They were. Let's talk with uh, Devin. Devin, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Oh, kind of more of a comment and a question. Um, I know he referenced the uh, offensive line we had back in 2010 with D. Love and all them. Um, I was just wondering because, like you said, there wasn't a like star-studded offensive line, but they worked so well together. Like Demarcus Love, I mean, he didn't allow a sack his like last year and a half as a starter. And I wonder if that's just more scheme or if it's just getting the right players on campus. Because, like you said, they weren't. We've had great offensive linemen since then and great offensive linemen that all played together, but it just never seemed to be as cohesive as that line was. So I was just wondering your opinion on that, what, what it's going to take to get that back up there. Yeah. And I'll hang um, thank you, Devin. I feel like Love had a – I feel like he had a hard time in that um... – in that Sugar Bowl that year. They had a pretty good defensive end at Ohio State. Um, you know, the, the offensive line I just mentioned, though, I mean, Sebastian Jotola, Denver Kirkland, um, you know, I mean, all Frank Ragnall, Mitch Smothers, Dan Skipper. I mean, that was a pretty good offensive line. That was in, that was the 2015 offensive line. Uh, so that was a pretty good bunch. Um, since then, I mean, they've had the uh, – the offensive line they had, um, you know, in the in the you know 2021, that was a pretty good bunch too. I mean, they led the SEC or led Power Five in rushing that year, right? And you know, KJ was a pretty efficient quarterback, so that was that was not a bad offensive line. Uh, the Chad Morris years, they for some reason they tried to get the smallest line in the country. I think they, I, I literally think they had the lightest offensive line in power by football mm-hmm. um, when he was there. I don't know why they were trying to get everybody 280 pounds and run a four, seven or whatever, but um, that was the strategy. So the thing that's perplexing this, is, I mean, and again, Rick and I talked about this a little bit was how did Pittman not see it? Because he has coached so many NFL offensive lineman, and he knows what it takes to be a star or just a good player in the SEC, period. Not, let's not even talk about a star, but just a good player in the SEC because he's, he's coached at a lot of schools in the SEC. So what – what? I mean, and, and he, he's the head coach. You know, he's not the offensive line coach, but that is his area of expertise. So I, I just don't understand why he saw – like Trajan Jeffcoat, why he thought that Trajan Jeffcoat was not just a good player, but an All-American. <laughs> you know, if you guys remember, he was like, this is what an All-American defensive end looks like. And they were talking him up. And he was a good player, but he wasn't an All-American. 
How did he not see that it maybe was the offensive line that was just not up to snuff? And so that's some of the questions I would have. It's just perplexing because a guy with Sam Pittman's reputation, to have that offensive line is just such a head-scratcher. No, it's true. And part of it's the scheme. You know, Dan Enos' system just was not <laughs> was just not a good fit for them, and it was a it was a pretty drastic change also from the uh, the up tempo, hurry up versus what what Dan Enos brought in. All right, that kind of ties in with this tray from our live fan feedback. Hog Henry says it's been reported that Dan Enos didn't yeah. like for the offensive line to use double teams while. No. Kendall Bryles did. How much would this blocking change contribute to the poor line play last season? Well, I just felt like he was trying to get them out in space a lot and maybe that they weren't the athletes that needed to be doing that. I don't know about the double teams and stuff. Um, You know, they did more pin and pull last year, and that was kind of newer for them. But um, I think there were probably a lot of reasons. I don't know if that was a specific one. I thought you were actually about to bring up Danny Nose is now on staff at Florida. Yeah, what what's his role there? Some special advisor? Yes, some special advisor to the head coach and – you know, it's a, it's a, it's not an on-field job. So, uh, but um, yeah, interesting. Whenever you see a uh, somebody who is here uh, wind up somewhere else like that, darn so. it, Florida's not on the line on the uh, schedule yeah. this year. <laughs> not on the schedule this year. You know, double teams. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're reading. Um, that's that's a, double teams. Point of attack. That's option. Literally option football. Even though they're running out of the pistol, uh, so the quarterback's kind of reading that. Uh, at the point of attack. So that's why um, Bryles is going to do some double teams. All, all schemes are going to have some double teams. Yeah, I don't. So. it's not something I really picked up on last year yeah. as far as a difference. Brian, good afternoon. You got a question or comment for Trey? Yeah, I do. So I kind of lie to the fact, and I understand that you don't like Texas, but wouldn't you agree that if, Arkansas had a recruiter that could recruit half as good as what Steve Sarkeesian does. Arkansas would be in a much better place and would compete with the SEC. I'll just hang up and listen to what you guys say. Thank you. Well, I mean, could you put could you put a talent base like Dallas or Houston closer? I mean, like, so this kind of goes back to population and proximity of talent you know Sam Pittman when he was at Arkansas before I would always this is back when I was at Rivals and I would always tell Rivals like hey he needs to be on the top 25 recruiter list he's one of the best recruiters in the country and I, I never got him on there just couldn't get him on there and then he goes to Georgia and suddenly he's this out of this world recruiter just out of this world all of a sudden at Georgia I wonder why is it because he has the talent base closer to him? Hmm. That's a big reason. So that's, you know, we can talk about who is and who isn't a great recruiter, but you have to factor in the level of talent in the area that you're in. And Arkansas is five and a half hours away from Dallas, if you're booking it pretty good. And, you know, Tulsa's not too far. Memphis doesn't really produce a whole lot, but those are areas that Arkansas has to has to target, and they have to get into Mississippi. Mississippi produces at an extremely high rate per capita, even though it's a similar size state. Um, Louisiana does too. Louisiana produces at a really high mm-hmm. clip per capita, also. So you have to get into Louisiana. You have to recruit Texas, but it's difficult because the state of Arkansas 
first doesn't produce quite at the level that those others do, not even close. And also, you know, from a per capita standpoint, doesn't produce at the same level as some of the, some of the neighbors. So that's, that's been a big issue for Arkansas always. And that's why I always talk about the transfer portal um, and NIL, if Arkansas can embrace it, not that I'm, I love the system right now, but if Arkansas can embrace that, that is an area where they can turn things. Like Fernando Carmona, for example, he wasn't looking for a bunch of hoopla and everybody, you know, tell him how great he is and tell him how much he's going to play and stuff. He was looking for the right fit. You know, the money's got to be right, but he's looking for the right fit. And that's the thing you get with a lot of these transfer portal players. They've, they've been through the, I want to stay close from home or, you know, I've always thought I wanted to do this or, you know, all that stuff. They're looking for a great fit where the money's right also. <laughs> so that's where, in my opinion, Arkansas can close the gap on some of these other teams. But, yeah, I mean, we can talk about how great a recruiter somebody in Texas or Georgia is, but they're also really close to talent. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of hogsports.com being brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai.